Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps, and for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome back for episode 132 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on May 25th over on twitch.tv slash Chat. As always, I want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Our topic for tonight's episode is going to be a look at Serif technology. But first, let's run through a quick introduction of those on the show for tonight. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 Next up, we have our own master of social media, the one and only Green Eye Music Lover. Green, I hope you're doing all right. How has the week treated you so far? Thank goodness it's Friday. It has been... It's been a week. It has definitely been a week. It's been busy. It's been... It's been good. It's been busy. It's been exciting. It's also been really tiring, and I feel like I'm saying this every week now. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised that Beer didn't jump in with the it's been a week comment. I mean, let's be honest, it's been a week <laughs> unless you happen to be an FWC member, in which case it might have been more like, I don't know, a month and a half, something like that. I mean, it depends on which timeline I'm, I'm running on. World lines are all over the place right now, so I would I, I think that's I think that's absolutely on, on point. No. <laughs> Anyway, so rounding out the usual team, we have our grizzly bearded cultivator of Spinfoil himself, Beard Grizzly. Beard, how are you doing tonight? You still, uh, you still having problems with the timelines? Uh, you mean from the thirty seconds ago that you asked me? Absolutely. <laughs> it's not 30, been that bad. Thirty seconds? What? That was like last week that I asked you about Beard. Come on, get... that's. I'm gonna say that's yeah, thirty se- thirty seconds to me of a week and a half to you. See how this works? You get it now. You understand? I think you do. Wait, no, I'd be good. What? 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 Wait, wait. Dang it, you two! Stop <laughs> with the timey wimey stuff. <laughs> and so it's funny in private conversations, like uh, whenever time comes up with Green and I, uh, it's always funny how how off. Uh, how off kilter I can get her so quickly. It's okay. just like, does this make sense? Like, does this timeline make sense? Because I'm like sitting here racking my brain thinking about this and it really makes sense to me. And she's just like, uh, well, let me get my notebook and try to pan this out like Doc Brown, maybe. Right. Which I did. I literally yes, drew you did. it out. And yes, you did. It's what's funny is like when Beard explains it, Beard explains it like a Picasso piece. <laughs> Everything's all over the place. So... 
Look, me trying to figure it out is like uh, I wait, think is this, I see but what is you're this about. is this Picasso like in this blue era or his like cubic thinking, era? Like what what are we doing here? I'm thinking more <laughs> cubism with cubism. The faces okay, and... okay. <laughs> that actually sounds kind of accurate. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm doing great. Uh, awesome. I just I just got done uh, releasing a video here like literally five minutes ago, so feels good to get that done. Uh, this heat needs to calm down, though, so I can actually like produce comment content. Because otherwise, I'm sitting up here in my in my office area, and I'm just like, I feel like I'm gonna like fall over and die. You know, it's beard just, uh, beard is literally awful. literally on fire at this point. Like basically, he's just bas- practicing basically. for his warlock cosplay. It'll be fine. <laughs> Look, we already talked about this. I don't like Osiris all that much, okay? <laughs> oh, man. Well, last week, we asked the community, what could the reaction between Seraph technology and the Martian rust iron indicate about the technology's capabilities? Uh, and I'm pretty sure we got some pretty good responses, so I'm going to hand it over to Green to talk about that. I'm going to just kind of go with my favorite response because I want to talk about it a little bit. <laughs> That's fair. And it That's was fair. from uh, Hypersaint on Twitter. And he said, transcendence, which is which plays into the idea that scions need Rasputin's help to become mind flayers. Potentially, was the EXO program a way to become more than human? So kind of leads right directly into our topic nicely, too. Yeah. Because that, yeah, that's because we also know that the technology was for engrams as well, which kind of revolutionized the concept of you know the degrees of what it is to to be, and and so far as you know what engrams are made of and glimmer in general and all that. So, I mean, do we think that it and literally means to transcend the the serif technology <laughs> coming out of it? If we're even going to call it that at this point. Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, and, and that kind of, I mean, I, I see where you're going, too, with the segue, because with the name of the technology and the historical connotations of the word serif, you know, that is something that transcends humanity. Because mm-hmm. a, a serif, which is, you know, a nod to seraphim, which is a, uh, it's a term for angelic or celestial beings. A scary, mm-hmm. scary angel. With yeah. six wings. Six yeah. wings, and it's generally a snake. Like, where's Justin when I need him? Right? I think he skipped on purpose for yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was like, so, wait, no, we're going to talk about, like, snake angels. I don't need this. Angels. I don't need snakes in heaven. <laughs> Get that out of here. Oh, man. So, but I think the other thing is, so... Next week, and we'll we'll get into this a little bit in the intro notes here in a second, but next week is going to be actually a step away from Destiny. We're going to be doing our recap of our extra lore conversation, which has been a revisiting of Halo, um, and I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that one because I was talking to Pins about what we're going to be talking about. I, I think you guys, I think it should be a good conversation, um, and in light of that, to kind of give you guys a hint at what we're going to maybe be talking about. I actually, oh my God. 
<laughs> I'm bracing myself. That's just I know what's coming. So the question, and I know it's my Twitter account that does. I know this, that's so. right. I was talking to Pins about it. I'm like, <laughs> she's gonna kill me. Um, the question for next week is: <clears throat> In the Halo universe, is Halsey a good person? Like, is what she does? Is it ultimately antagonistic or protagonistic, I guess, is the question. Is she actually an, an a, a bad guy or a good guy, ultimately, in the universe of Halo? So, before we burn everything down on that mm-hmm. one, <laughs> be, be sure to keep an eye out on Green's Twitter or our, the Focus Fire Twitter or even in the Discord um, to sound off and let us know your thoughts on that one. But I know everyone here is looking forward to diving into the discussion, so let's run through our standard intro notes, and then we will get right into it. In our last episode of Focus Fire Chat, we discussed Guardian Potential. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please rate and, if you can, review the show on iTunes, Podbean, or whichever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcasts. Reviews are extremely helpful as they not only let us know what we can do better, but help us stay on the charts, which helps others find our amazing community. To those of you who have already taken the time to leave us a review, thank you. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday at around 10pm Central, we get together to stream a high-level summary of the previous week's chat for those who were unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found in our show notes or on our website. If you're a fan of lore in all its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, where you can find a wide variety of some amazing content covering a number of different titles and mediums. Our next chat is going to be a discussion on Halo. As always, please be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know which topic you want to discuss after that. Links to that poll can be found on either Twitter, at FocusFireChat, or within our Discord server. With all this being said, here's Green with a high-level summary of tonight's topic. What sustains life through the darkest days is warm, even in the bitter cold between stars. While those you touch are chilled to the bone, its wailing is the song of your triumph. You rejoice. Your enemies lament. You had no mercy. Make the blood run cold and light the way through the avalanche or blizzard with Seraph technology developed at Clovis Bray's Martian facility, where all your needs, be it defense against the cold or the dark, are blown away with the speed of divine intervention. Our smart tech can understand, yes, you heard me, understand you better than your own loved ones. So head on down to your local store and ask for the Seraph stamp of approval. Before we jump into the information and thoughts that the community had about Seraph technology, however, let's have a quick chat about this week's Lost Lore.
you know, I did really good up until that ending. <laughs> then I, funny thing was, is that I was sitting here and I was like, I'll just unmute a while. And then that happened. And I'm like, don't giggle, don't giggle, don't giggle, don't giggle, don't do it. <laughs> oh, I had so much fun putting that one together. Mm. I just love the last <sighs> part. Seal of approval. Oh, it's power. Uh, oh, yeah, power. no, I know, but it's, yeah. but it's, Terry the, Cruz it's the, uh, the line. It's wonderful. Oh, my anyway. gosh. Oh. The, old, the old spice. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. You sent that to me, and I, like, I loved it. I might have made a sound oh, yeah. clip from that. Uh, you have to favorite. warn me when you send in ones <laughs> like that next time, okay? <laughs> like, jeez. I've worn... I warned the Discord, uh, FFC Discord server. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. Alright, well, for Lost Lore this week, I think we actually are kind of, <laughs> were we still debating on which one we're we're going to do? No, on... I think do the one that you were talking about. Okay, do the, the, the actual uh, historical, legitimate, m- mythological, yeah. religious significance of the Seraphim. Okay, so uh, real quick, let me pull these notes up because there's it's actually there's um, there's quite a bit on Seraphim, which you know once we get into it, it probably will make a little bit more sense. <clears throat> so the word Seraphim is it, you can kind of debate on the the actual nature of it, but it's pretty strongly believed to originated from the Hebrew term Seraph Seraphim. I think is how you pronounce it. Correct. which is the plural uh, singular is serif which is s-a-r-a-p-h uh, not s-e-r-a-p-h i think is how we have it spelled in um in destiny but it was evolved in late latin and greek into the more commonly identified term seraphim uh, which again is plural the singular kind of stayed the same with a different a slightly different spelling um, and translated, it's often understood to mean what, uh, quote, the burning one, end quote. And it's seen uh, predominantly in uh, the Christian faith, especially in the book of Isaiah, uh, which would be actually chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, uh, to be descriptions of celestial beings who have six wings, who are basically described as having be, or, or who are the caretakers of the throne of God and are responsible for singing a triple innovation of holiness, which is also known as the Trisagion. Um, they do actually also appear outside of Christian works in some more of the, or well, not outside of Christian works, but in different translations, especially in Hellenistic works, uh, which is considered the book of Enoch and the book of Revelation. Um, <clears throat> the other thing about it is, uh, there is a particular philosopher uh, or uh, I, don't, I don't even want to really call him an apologist because he, he's more of a philosopher, Thomas Aquinas, who you, you, you might be familiar with this name. That's a pretty, pretty common, pretty common name. Uh, most people know who this, this individual is. Uh, he wrote a very large book called the Summa the- Theologia. Uh, and in this, he actually kind of went into a school of study that is called angiology, uh, which is very similar to the the other side, demonology, but it's obviously the study of angels. Uh, and he goes on and he says that the seraph is, uh, and 
contains an active force, which is heat, which is not found in fire simply, but exists within a certain sh- with a certain sharpness as being most penetrating action and reaching even to the smallest things, as it were, with superabundant fervor, whereby it is signified the action of these angels exercised exercise powerfully upon those who are subject to them, rousing them to a like fervor and cleansing them wholly by their heat." We consider in fire the quality of clarity or brightness, which signifies that these angels have in themselves an inextinguishable light, and that they also perfectly enlighten others. Uh, Which I was kind of reading, and, you know, that really does sound, prior to Destiny 2, uh, the solar class for a warlock was a sunsinger, and they had an ability that was radiance. And one of the buffs was Song of Fire, which was basically it was meant it was originally meant to be a group buff, uh, and it it didn't quite pan out as well as I think they were hoping, which is where we kind of see more of the Dawn Blade kind of get introduced. But this was really very similar to the concept of Song of Fire. Um. The seraph were described by Aquinas as, you know, as being these angelic beings that brought this this holy flame, basically, and purified and 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 clarified and encouraged charity. Um, and you see this also as in, in uh, Jewish traditions, where there is a ten, what's called a tenfold hierarchy, um, but regardless whether it's Jewish or Christian, uh, the seraphs are always going, always positioned in the highest, what's high, what's called the highest sphere, which is usually within the, what's the choir of angels, which is a, it's a terminology for the different rankings of angel types. Uh, it's the top three. Uh, you have seraphim as the first cherubim, and then, uh, another group called the thrones. And the seraphim are always kind of been presented as the most powerful angels. Now, on the flip side, seraphs actually do exist in Egyptian culture. Uh, and they are not angels. They are actually mischievous and deceitful entities. Uh, again, supernatural entities. But they, the personification or the uh, presentation of seraphs within the Egyptian uh, mythology or religion. Um, actually can arguably be where we get the the presentation of the serpentine figures of the seraphim with their six wings in the christian text because that was kind of the 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 deceitfulness and the uh mischievousness that you see in the egyptian mythology it was because they were associated with the serpent and you know the 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 stealth and all that so we actually see a kind of a, a a bleeding through, which is very common for early early Christianity and the assumption, I guess you would call it, or the assimilation of different beliefs as that that faith, you know, expanded. Uh, very, which is a very interesting topic, but I'm not going to try. I'm going to try not to get into that one. Um, it's it's a never ending topic. Uh, but anyways, so the the Christian angelology kind of stems from that that concept that or that that physical presentation the other the one last thing that i do want to kind of mention well one of the last things there's two uh one last thing that i do want to mention is that seraphim like i had mentioned were very were very closely associated with flames and purity uh the reason being is that if in in most mythological texts or religious texts 
uh, or in any supernatural tales, you'll always see fire as being closely linked with purity. And the reason being is that fire burns away all things it, it it's kind of a reset if you ever uh, want to see this in action just go look at a natural forest fire uh, it's extremely destructive it's extremely very usually very brutal very devastation like i mean it's just complete devastation but at the end of it it actually is beneficial to nature because what it does is it actually revitalizes the soil um we also see that a lot with uh, Agarian cultures or uh, uh, farming cultures. Uh, they will routinely burn the fields, and that's not to be destructive, but it actually forces nutrients back into the soil. Uh, you, uh, one of the common things right now in today's world even is if you ever see a cornfield, Corn usually takes about five to seven years to for that soil to recover because of the way that the plants grow and they suck out the nutrients of that soil. One of the ways that we have discovered uh, just through basically trial and error, and it's just one of those things, but one of the ways that we actually can um, kind of speed that recovery process up is actually at the end of the harvest a lot of times what you'll do is you'll do a burn which is when you literally light your field on fire and it's a controlled burn and they burn everything down to the ground and then what happens is all that all that nutrients has now been kind of reduced into a very very at the very very base compound of the ash and it gets mixed back into the soil it goes that nutrients back into it so fire and purity have always kind of been linked but one of the things that the seraphs were also responsible for, and you see this in the book of Isaiah, is that they actually took, they were the, they were the, uh, they gave the prophet in the book the ability to actually speak what's called the word of God. And the way that they did this was there was a brazier of uh, coals at the throne. And you weren't a lot like in this, in this particular time, in this particular historical context, uh, the the understanding was that if you weren't the if you weren't pure you weren't allowed to speak to a person of a higher rank and obviously in the presence of a divine being such as the the single powerful god you're not going to be enough you're not going to be pure enough to speak um, and so what they did was they actually one of the seraphim actually took a coal from this bla- uh, brazier and actually pressed it against the lips of the prophet. And that, therefore, in in the historical context, again, of that, that text, that kind of explains where he is now capable of speaking the word of a powerful being that is much more pure and much more holier than that, than his, you know, station as a, as a mortal. Uh, which actually, you know, in hind- now that I'm thinking about that out loud, uh, just a real quick tangent, <laughs> that's not actually unique to Christianity. Uh, you see that actually in quite a few different uh, prophetic traditions i guess uh again right. uh you have like the oracle of delphi which you know and, and you always see a give and take right there's always a give and take with the ability to prophesize the oracle of delphi was absolutely bonkers but they could see into the future um actually most of the oracles in in greek mythology were absolutely insane but that's because they stared into the you know the void of time space kind of like you know doctor who but anyways the last thing that I do want to mention real quick is actually a lot of times you see uh, the presentation going kind of back to the Christian uh, thing real quick. You see the presentation of Lucifer, who is also, you know, the Satan or the devil. He's often described as, quote, an archangel. Well, that's actually not accurate because in angelology, an archangel is actually a 
a entity that exists within the third sphere. It's one of the lower classes of angels. Um, and Aquinas actually discusses this and actually describes him as a fallen cherubim, which is the second class of the first sphere. Uh, there, There is only... I want to say off the top of my head, I think there's only six seraphim that are actually document, like quote unquote, documented in any of the texts, and it's actually believed that it was because they were such powerful figures um, that they just they did not, you know, from from again from mythological religious standpoint, they did not involve themselves with the lower realms. They were so busy ruling the first sphere and protecting, you know, their their domain. Uh, that they they did not they did not slum it with the others. Uh, so yeah, they, but yeah, so there that kind of is the the interesting thing about the the word seraphim. Um, and then when we bring that back into the concept of destiny and destiny two, uh, you know, you have you have direct weaponry such as the Valkyrie. Um, I would argue also pretty much any of the Achilles weapons, but. This kind of was what I think Green was kind of going for with the segue uh, that the question and the answer to the question this week kind of gave is that transcendence. When you call something a seraph, you are you are denoting that it is more than a mortal thing. It is it is more than that. It is a it's a cele- it's the equivalent of a celestial being. So, but I I don't know Green or Beard is that kind of where you guys were seeing the segue there no yeah i could i could easily see it that way like it's it's excelling to a different level if you will of the technology that we've had previously uh especially if you look at like what the seraphs were attempting to do if they were indeed seraphs at that point uh was it something that they were attempting to just figure different lines for what Clovis was building, or was it uh, was it something else? If we kind of line it back towards like the idea of Seraph Tech, uh, even then we were familiar with the concept of, and it's only a concept, mind the uh, seven Seraphs, but we don't know if they are actually a a thing or not. Uh, all we know is that they are effectively. They're, they are there as a concept to simply give us a, a structure, perhaps, of how the Braytech guys were putting uh, the Seraphs together, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Well, and I think that kind of goes yeah. back real quick, too. I mean, because we, we don't, to be clear, we don't have anything right that is like, these are the Seraphs. We don't really have anything in the lore that is explaining that but we do have there is there was a throwaway line from a ride-along back in destiny one it was like one of the first ride-alongs that they did too uh of the cosmodrome and one of the devs made a comment about the seraphs were the programmers of the war mind and i think i mean that's the only thing that i can i mean like we know like again yeah we no go for it green go for it I mean, there was a mention before Destiny 1 dropped about the factions, and right, Seraphs yeah. were also the seven, I think it was seven Seraphs yeah, back it was. then, too. because that's where the logo a comes possible from. Faction. Yeah, it was a possible faction that they did. And we do still have, like, armor sets that were supposedly from that faction that are still in-game, but they're just not faction-oriented anymore. Right, I gotta say, they're 
if it's a situation like Dido, where Dido's name carried through the Golden Age, then they very well may be a situation where they did not carry to the Golden uh, through the Golden Age. So I don't know if there's anything to be looked at or served that way, or if that helps to make any more sense of it. But that's where I kind of see it. Also, interesting thing: if we're going to talk about seraphs and weapons, we don't get any seraph weapons until D two. Right. Everything well. that was ser- everything that was seraph related was armor sh- armor pieces. Well, but we well, had with sleeper. The, with the with sleeper. the acceptance of sleeper, that would yes. be the only one otherwise. But even then, is sleeper's technology or is sleeper's look based off of seraph technology, or is it vice versa? That's the one See, thing that we don't necessarily oh, yeah. know too That's, much about either. Right? Are we? I mean, Sarah or the sleeper? I would say is like the. Achilles, yeah, Achilles. However, Achilles. we're saying it, Achilles. Yeah, um, it's part of that tech, which mm-hmm. you can argue that part of that that type of tech is also part of the Seraph tech. But in my mind, if we're looking at the the Seraph uh, relic iron, and I have the, uh, actually it's called. I just don't have it in my head right now. But, Seraphite. Um, Seraphite. Seraphite. So if you're looking at that, it has that buzzing energy that you see around the different cores of Rasputin, or not cores, but different ports of Rasputin where he makes the the weapon for you during yeah, the story I missions. Yeah, I love that effect, by the way. I do I too. I think that's such a cool one. So the Seraph weapons, to, like in my mind, and this is just headcanon, this is not anything like tied down with any sort of legitimacy it's the the weapons like the um gosh valkyrie mm-hmm. valkyrie is a seraph weapon i don't know if i would categorize any of the achilles weapons as seraph weapons even though they're technically still made by rasputin well and i, I mean i guess my 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 counterpoint i think uh, black flag mentions this also i believe that effect is on the new sleeper is it I haven't gotten it yet. I so. haven't. Yeah, I haven't gotten it either. But Black Flag is saying that the sleeper does have that effect and game as well. Okay. Um, cool. Which I which I can see as being like a, a, a synergy because uh, if I'm 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 going off the top of my head here, but that is a throwback to the Devalin, uh mm-hmm. project, yeah. correct? Right? Because that's where we did yes. the connection for the fusion. We, we had to get all the different Devalin pieces to get the sleeper. Which that has, I mean, that has a whole different rabbit hole that we can go down, you know, if we want to. The Devalin Forge and, you know, the connection to Norse mythology with that. Um, but, I, yeah, it's 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 interesting because I love that um, the 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 almost crossover between, you know, what what is what is the sleeper bit or, or sorry, not the sleeper, but the seraph technology. I mean, are we gonna say that anything within the Hesferis vault is uh you know a, a sleep a potential um I keep saying sleeper. The potential for being seraph technology? I mean what what are so I guess that's kind of my question is well, what is what, I mean, when we say seraph technology? What are, what are we what are we thinking? We include well, part here? of the part of the issue that I think we have is who were the seraphs? Because at this point, we don't necessarily know if they're referring to, especially if we're going to think about the Hephaestus Index as being the 
means for us to get a hold of these weapons or to have Seraph tech. Uh, the Hephaestus Index is largely related to what we, <clears throat> well, largely related to what we know so far, uh, as being related to gear that Rasputin had built. Mm-hmm. So at that point, are the Seraphs the war mines? And that's where they're getting this idea. Or not necessarily the war mines before I get yelled at, but Rasputin <laughs> and his submines. Uh, that's where I think we need to see a little bit more of uh, of these ideas of like who the Seraphs were, what they were in a way, uh, or is it simply just a name? Because if it is just a name, then the still idea of the Hephaestus Index would still kind of uh, pull through and would still make sense as being something that Rasputin and his submines were able to kind of culminate and think of. Uh, but that's part of the puzzle that I think we don't have yet is like figuring who is responsible for creating this. Is it along the lines of like what Anna and Elsie were doing with their own hands and putting weapons together? Or were those weapons also routed into the Hephaestus Index? With what we're seeing with Polaris Lance in Bormind, I would say not, because that seems like a weapon that is indicative only of Anna and only mm. of her thoughts and her work. So this is where we're getting this split, at least in terms of like weapons development with Clovis, with Clovis Bray. Uh, and I don't think it's answering the question anymore. It's kind of it, it's it's giving us more of a broad spectrum, and it's giving us more of like a more of a finite idea on what we can kind of deal with along with the Seraphs. But it's not answering the question wholly, which I kind of like. <laughs> it, it still leaves up that 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 notion that they aren't uh, that they aren't filling in that gap all the way when they easily could. They could just come out and say that yes, the seraphs were the the submines and the war mind of Rasputin, or that they, they were no a, a culmination or a group that put stuff together. Now, I'm not I'm not sure where I would want to put that yet either. That's part of my thing. Green, what about, what did you got? I think we actually have a, it's not like spelled out. I do think we have a pretty decent idea of what the Seraph weapons are because I think the Hephaestus Index contain like the Seraph weapons are within the Hephaestus Index, but it's not the entirety of it. The Hephaestus Mm -hmm. Index is so much broader than that. The Seraph weapons are weapons developed by the war mind by Rasputin. And the reason why I say we actually have more of like a concrete idea of that is from the ghost scan in Aurora's Reach. The the fry file, if you mm-hmm. if you please. <laughs> mm-hmm, since that's mm-hmm. what I kind of dubbed it. But uh it literally calls him out by name. The what is it, four? The four different weapons yeah, that we that we know of from the index. Right. Oh yeah, like Aurora knives. Which, which, um, which oh my yes. gosh, I I want to know what Hades Flame is. Yeah, and I that's know. the only one we haven't seen. We've literally in game seen all the other three. Am I the only one who reads that and immediately cannot help but think Greek fire? Yeah. No, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm like, oh, oh, do we get? Oh, are they? <laughs> can can it just be Dragon's Breath, but not <laughs> that's, Dragon's Breath? That's fine that with awesome. me. That, Oh my gosh. Um, but I mean, we had the Valkyrie. We use that mm-hmm. in game all the time. Sleeper yep. Simulant. We can use, get that and use that. That's the one that's referenced on about being able to use in, in hand munitions. And then right. we've seen Aurora's knives during the 
mission where you're going to retrieve the shard in the EDZ, mm-hmm. it strikes to clear off the the shard because the shard has all the taken goop on it, and the Aurora knife cuts that off. Well, and see, chat is saying that they think that might be Hades Flames. It could be. It's one of the two. It's definitely one of the two. The only reason I say it's Aurora Knives is because of the D1 card where the hunter sees... Oh, where Rasputin's testing his muscles. Uh-huh. I love that card. Could see that's, that. That's the only reason I would point I can, yeah. closer to Aurora, because we've had more mentions of it. Have we had any other mentions of Hades Flame no. before Warmind? No, no absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's where my fascination with it kind of comes from. Is Aurora Knives we had way back from like almost from I want to say vanilla like vanilla with uh, right. um, almost with the oh, just went blank. Um, was it vanilla that the, it pinned, pinned the traveler? Had, he pinned him with the knives. The, dark below, I think, is when we that, get okay. most of the Rasputin stuff. Okay, because Rasputin. It was the pretty. The uh, card was in vanilla, but the rest yeah, of the cards that's didn't right, actually that's show right. up till dark below. <clears throat> right. Okay. Fair. Fair. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, like we we've had like like it, it was, but it was a throwaway. You know, it was a throwaway line that, uh, and I mean, a couple people folk like latched onto it. Like, what are these? But it yeah. it was mostly like uh, it was something with Rasputin and Rasputin really at that point. I mean, he was present, but he wasn't super. Like he wasn't nearly the the character that he is in today's destiny universe. Right. Um, but yeah, no, the Hades flame though, is the only one out of the list that we have not seen or well, that we have not had called out, I guess would be right. a clear, a clear. And if, if we have, that's awesome. If that's what actually takes out the taking goop on the shard, we have mm-hmm. theoretically at least either read or have physically seen all of them which would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, like the only reason I was, the only reason I was thinking, I kind of was thinking what the chat was thinking is because, you know, the, the concept of, of, uh, a Greek fire or Hades or flame anyway, anything is to burn away impurities. And that's kind of what it does. (laughs) It's it it burns away the, the taken goopiness. Um, and I mean, and I think, I think the other thing too, is this ties into, you know, what the overall war mine project and why this is kind of in, interlaced very carefully or very closely with conversations about Rasputin and Clovis Bray is that, you know, we need to remember, and I know this is in the show notes, which is why I'm bringing it up, is that the goal of the overall war mine project as a whole was to prepare for defenses, not just for, you know, current threats in the golden age, which that's a whole nother tangent that I don't want to go down, but like, but also for unseen threats. I mean, they, they designed it or there's, there was another, uh, fry file, um, that mentions that, that Rasputin had surpassed his creator's capabilities of understanding his moral imperatives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like they mentioned Asimov's law of robotics, uh, there is kind of a, a subtle nod to a trolley problem in um, mm-hmm. uh, was it wasn't the machine child it was one of the entries from Anna's perspective from during the golden age the Vest, the Vestian pleasure cruise as as I think yeah. was it was oh god that problem. It was- <laughs> it was so fun. I love that Just, but that, I mean that's a, that's that's the destiny equivalent of a trolley problem right it, it is it- 
um, to sum it up, just rest. They give him the problem, and it's between what is it? It's between taking a pleasure cruise and what's the other? Uh, it was basically uh, brushing. He he had to save either a I, I can't I can't remember if it was a colony, but it was basically a decision of either the people were going to immediately die or he had to dis uh, disable a pleasure craft, but. Like it wouldn't kill them necessarily. They like would there was still, them, but they would. They would. There was uh, basically just air space out. Like yeah. They, yeah, they wouldn't be saved. There was, but wasn't there? Wasn't there like a reasonable? I, I thought there was like there was a kind of a situation, kind of like there no. Was, okay, there, there no, was it was like it no, was, neither of them were were winning situations. Okay, so okay. Well, I mean, were, it, which which to way. be fair for those who who are not familiar with the trolley problem. Uh, it's a it's a psychological test basically that you it's um uh you're you're basically presented with this situation in which you are on a trolley which is a you know a train on tracks and you have the ability to change which set of tracks you're on you can either go right or left and if you go and it it, it runs a gamut like there's there's multi like millions of different instances but the, a really common one is like if you're on if you go left you're going to hit a, a a woman and her child but if you go right you're going to plow into a crowd of like you know 50 people and like you have to choose which way to go. Like you can't, you, you have to choose one or the other. Um, that's the trolley problem. It's a lose, lose situation, but it's a, it's like, you know, it's arguing, are, is there a gradient of loss basically there? Uh, so that's, that's the, there's actually a gun in, there was, I, I'm pretty sure it was in destiny, but I, I think it's in destiny two as well. Called it's in trolley. D1. It is, is called it a trolley, D1, problem. trolley problem. It yep. is. I, I just love that nod that they had to that one. Um, but I do, well, speaking, actually speaking of guns from destiny one, there's a few bits of information about Seraph or kind of nods to Seraph in, uh, right. in destiny one. Do we want to talk about, Oh my gosh, my favorite armor set ever. The Seraph armor, the Seraph armor, oh, the, the warlock oh, armor. Yeah. The warlock armor. It's such, it's got so I have I have a pet theory that that's actually Teamer's armor. To mm. be honest, um, uh, so the Seraph armor is a rare. I want to say it's not a legendary. It's rare. It's is blue. it rare? Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's one of the blues. It's one of the the lost lores of Destiny One that everyone just kind of deletes pines over. Yeah. Well, it's such it's way. such a fun read though. Basically, what it is is. It's it's a suit of warlock armor, um, and as you read through it, and I don't have it actually pulled up, which is really depressing. Okay, cool. Uh, but as you read through it, it is it's a basically the individual questioning what it was, what what a guardian was before. So, Green, mm-hmm. do you want to read those real quick? So, quite a few of the pieces repeat the text. So, I'm just going to read one of them from each of the different quotes. Mm. The Seraph twos, wherever we were, do you think it some, sometimes wants us back? Seraph t- another Seraph two, what do you think happened to us before Ghost woke us up? Maybe we were, maybe we were someplace good, you know, and then the ghost took us away. I'm not talking about our lives. I'm talking about what happened between the first one and the new one. And that's, I believe, all of them. 
don't uh, I didn't have the last one pulled up. I think that's Thanks. that's accurate. Um, one, two, three. That's five of them, so it should be okay, all perfect. of it. The 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 cool thing with the Seraph armor, sorry, I was rummaging through my notes real quick. The cool thing with the Seraph armor is that it actually ties into what would be one of the first instances of ghost scans, which is uh, the ghost scan of Pod ten ten two zero one, and there is a precedent set here that, and I'm going to kind of go on a small tangent just real quick. Um, there is a precedent set here that establishes the the possibility that we are resurrected from the afterlife, uh, which is basically mm-hmm. what he's talking about here, is that there is a contract being forged between the ghost and the individual being brought back as a guardian. You also saw this with the pod or pod 10 201 in which our ghost actually tried to resurrect. And, you know, you there's a lot of different pet theories on who this is. Uh, some people say it's an Easter egg for Master Chief. Some people say, you know, well, it, one of the really big theories up until, I guess, D2 was that it was actually Saint-14. Um, but, you know, there's there's a lot of different theories there, uh, which obviously it's not. But so a lot of people kind of view it as a Master Chief throwaway. But one of the comments that Ghost makes is that he tried to resurrect this individual and this individual actually turned him down. He, he said, no, uh, I don't want to come back. I've seen enough war to last me 10, like enough wars to last me a thousand lifetimes or 10,000 lifetimes. Um, and so there, there is this, this idea that there is a degree of sentience, a degree of self outside of our current life, which is a very interesting thing for th- this situation, because what that means is that there is kind of a degree of a soul or a spirit that is being involved here, um, which I can go on for for days about the ramifications of that. But you know, it, it's and you see this again with the seraph armor is this this idea that you have something that is not quite your body, and it's not quite you know, is it a soul? Is it a spirit? Like what is it? Um, and the ghosts actually make a deal with that particular thing and then bring it back into the guardians. And that's where you see the, the division between a guardians, what's called the first, or, you know, you'll see this often in, in the text, you'll see it referenced as the second death, which is when a guardian actually falls for the final time. Uh, their first death is when they died in their first life prior to becoming a guardian. And then they were brought back as a guardian. Um, and, and it's, pretty clearly assumed I, I don't think we've seen anywhere except for shin malfer which is still he's even up in the air where you can argue that a guardian remembers their first life like there's no even with anna they they presented that as she has no idea which by the way i love how they explained how she knows her name did i, I love that the, her photo id called? badge the photo id yeah. badge I was like, that is that that answers a lot of questions as well. Um, but yeah, so the Seraph, Seraph armor is really uh, one of one of my favorite pieces from Destiny One. And like I said, I I personally kind of have a, a theory that Lord Teamer is connected in some way. If not, that is if not that is his armor set. Um, that I think he's connected in some way because you see with Teamer a a 
borderline unhealthy fascination, especially with Clovis Bray, but mm-hmm. also with uh, with the the life before. Uh, you see that in his confrontation. I guess I, I don't even know. I guess it would be a confrontation with yeah. with uh, Felwinter, where he, when like, he's trying yeah. to take him out to the. Yeah, well, where you see where you see the friendship is magic punch um, for Teamer. Oh, God, I love Teamer's little, what is that, the medallion? Is that what they were called? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I love doing that to ogres. That was one of my favorite things to do. But, um, I kind of miss that. Oh, my gosh. It was, oh, it was such a fun thing. Um, but, yeah, so, like, you saw that with Teamer. Like, and then you also saw this with uh, the uh, Volstock and the orary in the Iron Temple, where you saw, uh, I think it was Colvance, had his journals talking about how Teemer had kind of gone off in the deep end, about how everything was connected to Clovis Bray, which (laughs) I think someone here could relate to. Um, (laughs) Hey! 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 I mean, I, he's not. Dude, I mean, I'm not, not saying. I'm not saying he's necessarily wrong. I'm just. <laughs> so I, mean, I think, but silence. I mean, then what was? Yeah, no, the silence there. What I uh, I don't remember the energy cores. Were those actually in game or were those? Um... They were part of uh, Dark Below. They were released during Dark Below, and I think it was for like one adventure or like one patrol mission. Because they really weren't used much, I do remember that. If were they used. okay? So they were like something that we picked up as patrol mission, kind yeah, of like okay. It, it looks actually similar to um, the little pads where you can get the Valkyrie, but circular. Oh, okay. But fun fact: the majority of our our information in D one on Rasputin came during Dark Below. Because of um, what's her name? And well, not just Eris, Omnigal. Omnigal <laughs> trying to get in there. <laughs> Multiple times. Yes. <laughs> that lady did not take no for an answer from Rasputin. We let her know it multiple yeah. times. Well, really... That may have been the strike I ran the most during D1. Grasp oh, Malik. Um, oh, yeah, also, that's right. Was... That's right, yeah. There were three more sets that were, these are more theoretically Seraph armor sets, because these were the Mm -hmm. ones I was talking about earlier being related to the Seraph faction, Mm -hmm. before that faction became no more. Mm -hmm. And that's the Lamentation, the, and I'm going to say this wrong, Rhymed? It's it's Rhymed. I think think it's... No. Yeah, it's Rhymed. It's Rhymed, because it's it's, uh, Rhyme. Is what it's talking about. Yeah, which is frost. Mm -hmm. And then I always want to look at it and go rimmed, but it's not rimmed. There's no double (laughs) M. It's just rhyme. Oh my! And then the scarlight armor sets. We're not to the after darks portion, by the way. If you are a (laughs) podcast listener and you ever want to hear us become goofy as all get out, come to the live recording and after we stop recording the podcast it becomes very fun and very eye-opening for everyone and if, if beard and blue stay on for more than an hour it gets really loopy yeah especially right. when we're super freaking tired mm-hmm. but these three armor sets were actually the majority of my summary um they most of the information came from it and what was i thought was interesting is the rhymed 
set in particular, which is mm-hmm. a warlock set, mm-hmm. very much so leans towards kind of the Clovis Bray sets that we have today. Right. Very much so kind of taking care of yourself in the cold. Scarlight even kind of has that feeling to make their blood run cold with the Scarlight mask, and that's a hunter. And these were legendary sets in D1. Yes. These were, were these Dawning? Or were these Rise uh, of Iron? Rise of Iron. Rise okay. Of Iron. okay. But yeah, those those are some fun reads. They're short. There's no, they're not really quotes. They're more just sayings attached to them. But they they have some fun little tidbits that make you think. Hey, Rise of Iron. Hey, did you know about this ahead of time? Funny how that happens in this game. Oh, the Isn't beauty, the beauty of flavor text. Oh yes. Oh, I'm gonna yes. say between that and. Uh... You know, different interpretations and how we can all read things differently. My mm-hmm. goodness. Yeah, go back and read any of the, even vanilla, some of the vanilla text. Yeah. Look at a new eye-opening experience now that you know so much more. Right. Is it, isn't there? Because. There's. <laughs> sorry. That's a, that opens the door to a tangent that just happened recently. The thing that happened on Twitter the other yeah, day? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. That was well. That wasn't vanilla, though, was it? That was dark. No. Below. Yes. Okay. So uh, um, let's move on to Rasputin's weapons. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. So we know of the four that we talked about earlier: Valkyrie, Sleeper Simulant, and Hades Flame, and Aurora Knives. Which the Aurora Reach Ghost Scan, which is the little terminal that you can find in Aurora Reach talks about it directly and i kind of almost want to do an episode just on these fry files yeah yes we should do i'll add it to the poll instead of x files it'll be the fry files (laughs) i'll do a i'll do a scully i'll do a scully i need a i need a molar molder um what do i look like beard do you want to do a do you want to do a what are we? What are we going to call them on the poll? Are we going to call them the Fry Files? Yes. <laughs> no one will know what it is unless they listen to the. What All right, um, fine. It's, fry it's files on... tag the fry terminals. Files. The fry, fry files. files, aka the terminals. I think we can go for that. Yeah, That's I'll add that. Good. I'll add that to the poll. Yes. <laughs> There's so much information in these there guys. Is. It's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. And uh, yeah, not even not even about this particular topic. This mm-hmm. is like the Fry Files, the, the Exos, the Exos is huge. Like it is a oh. huge revelation on that. There's like, actually okay. a lot of really cool things to look at with uh, with those those silly. Just the how, how long are each of them? Like maybe a minute, two minutes. Mm, yeah. Well, and I just love the way that they're delivered. It's like mm-hmm. yep. They do like a little intro and they're like, would you like to know more? And I I did the first when you ran into the first one, I was like, well, that was kind of dumb. dumb. And I hit it. I just I just randomly hit it again. And it was like, oh, that's like that's the little trick. I was like, because the first bit is only like five or ten seconds. And he's like, you know, yeah. it's basically um, a really brief summary. And it's then and then he ends with, would you like to know more? And you have to reactivate the item. And then that's when he goes into, like, for, like, Aurora Reach, 
right, well, I'll, I'll hand it back to green for the Aurora Reach one, but the majority of this one, you have to activate them twice. Yes. All of them you have to activate twice. Right, sorry. Sorry, yes. So, the Aurora Reach one reads as this. Valkyrie, Sleeper Simulant, Hades Flame, Aurora Knives. The weapons of the future are being developed by the Warmind Rasputin today. Would you like to know more? The goal of the Warmind project is to prepare our defenses for unseen threats. We are still learning to interface with Rasputin, but it's already in the process of helping to forge new weapons suited to protecting humanity. Communication with the Warmind has been a logistical concern from the project's inception, but the Hephaestus Index is a promising first step towards cooperation with our new commander and protector, which that's scary to me. (laughs) This catalog of next-generation weapons ranges from planetary cannons to small and mid-sized arms for use by ground infantry. There are currently over 150 projects in varying stages of research and development. By parsing data and performing calculations at a phenomenal rate, Rasputin is able to provide instruction in the form of math, the language of the universe. With Clovis Bray engineers and Rasputin working side by side, we can rest assured that our children will live in a prosperous, safe galaxy. I know that didn't turn out the way they thought it would, but you know, whatever. Uh, New commander? When did Rasputin get a uh, promotion, guys? Well, that that was the the Braytech armor talks about that. God, because scary. remember, there's there's the there's the Braytech armor. Uh, the the how oh, it's it's one of the hunters. Well, I'm assuming it might be all classes, but it's the um, legs. It might be the legs. I think it's the snow. The uh, I can't remember, the but it basically, boots. yeah, it's the I think it's the snow boots, but it's basically like the two techs are talking and he's like, what are we even doing out here? And he's like, I don't know. He's like, doesn't that bother you? And he's like, no, it gives me more time to be with my kids. Like there is like, and it was like, it's exactly that. It's, it's, it's the, um, I, 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 hubris might not be the quite the correct term for it, but it, it kind of is, uh, you see that with a lot of these, these kind of this just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, it's going to take care of us so we don't have to think about it. And it's a very it's a very common trope in science fiction. It's also a very common trope in historical cultures that go right before their fall. Mm-hmm. Rome being the prime example. Um, hmm. I mean, just Rome? Yeah, well, I mean, right. I mean, pretty much any major civilization. Rome is the easiest one to point to, though. Because this is. is this is like a a good parallel between what Rome did with the um with the Gauls and with uh um the Vandals and all that, the mercenary armies. They they hired out their entire army. And then basically what translates into what that translated into is the entire nobility, instead of being a culture of warriors, became a culture of politicians. Well, that was all great and good until their army that they were paying decided that the gold that they were getting paid wasn't enough. They wanted to take it from them. And they're like, oops, right. we don't have a standing army without you. And that, I mean, not, not to say that that's kind of, not to say that that's what happened with Rasputin because that's still kind of up in the air. We don't really know that, but Rasputin also has the cards in the grimoire where he kind of was like, well, in order for me to survive, you guys are going to have to die. Sorry. And then you kind of shrug, you know, he shrugged and the millions turned to ash. 
not all, not everybody. Well, not everyone. I mean, there was a small select group of people that got trapped on Earth with a with a submind of his that was right, slightly and that's insane. The, that's the trolley problem. <laughs> that's the trolley problem. And you know, honestly, that is that is the trolley problem. Um, did you did you want did you have something else real quick on that one, Green? I I did. Um, the so I'm just going to tie this back into the serif concept altogether real quick the hmm. idea of the weapons being other it's basically otherworldly weapons or futuristic weapons in this case but also the fact that they're having trouble interfacing with rasputin talking to rasputin and they have to have some sort of index or book guide <laughs> essentially <laughs> to be able to communicate with said somewhat godlike being you mean they had to have a grimoire to communicate with yeah, really. Sorry. Or a Bible. Or a Bible. Yeah. Say yeah. I'll, I'll also accept a grimoire. That's uh, that's yes. also fair. Bring it back. Bring it back. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. But I think that also real quick ties into the unsolvable problem entry because that's mm-hmm. where you kind of see you kind of see the difference of opinions here as well, right? Because mm-hmm. with the concierge AI is being presenting. Um, uh, math as the universal, you know, the language of the universe, and you know, which you is know, true. It, it, right. in, in, to to a de- yeah, to a degree, it is. But then it you see, true. okay, sure. But then you see Anna, who kind of comes at it from the degree of you know teaching teaching him language in the sense of like emotional and humor. Humor is the one that she tries a. <laughs> We get the Tries soap. Her best. The, 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 what was it? The soap. Yep. <laughs> it's like it's just, just like I'm like yeah, it's still a work in progress. I love that, but like you, you know, really? she she's trying to um, she's trying to teach him how to communicate, not necessarily from a, a tactical or a, a statistician point of view, but like from you know. I think she says, if you want to insult me, call a neuro call me a neurolinguist linguist. Um, and then she goes on. She's like, neurolinguistics is about encoding language. I'm a psycholinguistic. I study how language can lead to independent thought. So it's really a, a differentiate or a difference in opinion as to the the root of of the issue, right? Because um, mm-hmm. she goes on to say, the computer we call Rasputin is the nexus of Soul Systems Defense Network. They can process mm-hmm. data at a, at superluminal speed. It can uplink to the thousands of war sets that keep humanity safe, but we need more from it. We need it to think for itself, and that's where I come in. And Which so, it's interesting, go just it, from the it. psychological aspect of it, feeding, essentially feeding Rasputin literature, art, humanity, feeding him aspects of our own creative process in order to teach it to think in a similar not necessarily similar fashion but in a way that we can understand mm-hmm. is absolutely fascinating well right. and and the thing is is that is that is a human response to anything mm-hmm. we you know oh gosh i just went blank there's there's an amazing quote and i mean i'll probably remember it as soon as we get off the podcast but it's talking about right. That's how it usually goes. Um, but it, it's it's uh, it's a uh, a theologian apologist that is talking about why humanity always seeks to limit the limitless. Um, 
and it's because we in our core we seek to understand like we we try to we try to understand and the easiest way for us to understand is to to bring stuff down to our level because we can't by association yeah kind of um it, it it's it's about but the the consequence of doing that and this is this is where you know green you're absolutely correct with the regards to mathematics being the language the universal language is because mathematics doesn't reduce uh the content it, it expand mathematics as a if you look at mathematics as a language is a, an expansive language it will expand to accommodate what you are discussing right it's it's a infinitely capable of doing that whereas uh whereas you know vernacular or the verbiage or you know the diction of the individual speaking there is a a limiting a limiting quality when we put a name to something we have limited that thing to that name um, you see this a lot within uh, within mythological or magical, you know, fairy tales where you learn something. This is where the idea of something's quote true name comes from uh, is to bind it. You you by putting a definition to something, you are you are limiting that thing to that definition. Uh, whereas within mathematics, your your language by its own nature is actually it's not it's not binding it's defining in a a it's like amorphous state i guess sort of the like an easy example of it is the word love take love in english right versus love in greek there's a couple there's a couple different loves in greek right three uh yeah agape is the predominant one that i remember off the top of my head there's like brotherly love uh familial like, love which yeah yes. familial and brotherly and then uh friendship and then um romantic is usually romantic. i think i think is the the loosest translation there but there so, yeah there's three degrees of it in english we just use the word love to mean all three well that's how things get lost in translation really easily mm-hmm. because which one are you meaning when you or, tell somebody or the word I sonder I love mm-hmm. that word. Yeah. That's I actually have word. a tattoo specifically, basically talking about this concept. It's a very simple tattoo on my foot. It says, what words miss? And it's just a reminder to say that, hey, what somebody's saying to you may not exactly mean exactly what they're trying to say. Like, you don't interpret what they're trying to say exactly what they're meaning sometimes because sure. words can be messy. Difficult. Yes. Well, language is hard. I mean, I don't mean I don't mean that sarcastically. I mean, there there is a reason that there are a bajillion different specialties within the the field of linguistics, you know, and and one of those things you see that a lot in, in kind of tying this back into the Rasputin and the Seraphim thing that kind of goes back into what we've kind of been talking about. The the interesting problem here is that we as humanity we created something that we no longer could communicate with because mm-hmm. it was it was by its own nature inherently more than what we were able what we were capable of understanding. Which, Which you know, kind of goes back. Oh my to gosh! Also what me, Halilova was talking about. Too, yeah, like we talked right. about last time. But I mean, and, and so like that, that is also kind of a mind boggling 
concept mm-hmm. is that you know you your creation has sur- has the creation has surpassed the creator right so which uh, every parent a- wants to happen why did i just get vijer flashbacks somebody help me <laughs> which one vijer that's not what I heard. I heard Deidre, which is a totally different series. No, it's uh, as a Star Trek thing. I don't know if you're nope. sure you'll go with that one. That's no, not, I'm not a Star no. Trek person. I'm She's sorry. not a Trekkie. That's, 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 that's not sh- what I said. I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> no, that's what I said. That's do you okay. like Star Wars more than Star Trek? What's wrong with you? My yes, dad I only do, likes because Star it's Wars. fantasy. Never saw any Star Trek. You guys can come at me, bro. <laughs> um, so, okay, we've talked about the weapons a little bit. We Do we want to talk about kind of what Valkyrie is? Because that's the one we had the most interaction with. Yeah. As far as like, our idea of what it is. <laughs> what we think it is at the moment. Yeah, really. So Valkyrie is the is the weapon that is called in by from Rasputin on those little fancy pads that he has all over his inner hall in his like inner sanctum. He's got them all over the place in there, as well as war warm sats, which is terrifying. It's like walking into a giant time bomb. But um during generally public events and the Ex, uh, protocol. Why can't mm-hmm. I think of the first word? Escalation. Escalation. Thank you. Escalation protocol. Welcome. They show up, or you can unlock them during the with a key, essentially that you get. And essentially, what happens is lots of staticky, buzzy things show up, and you pick it up and you form it into a lightning bolt like Zeus, and you throw it at things. Mm-hmm. Which is fun tips for it. If you hold um, it back longer, it launches. <laughs> Straighter. Yes. I didn't know that until these guys <laughs> told me that. Was it was Which, that you or was that Justin? That, that... Both of you. Both was, of them. Was because me, Justin was talking about that. how he couldn't kill freaking. Oh yeah, because he, he, he couldn't. couldn't he couldn't hit it. He's like, I can't aim this thing, and I was just like, uh, don't worry, Justin. I understand entirely. Or <laughs> he's green, green sitting there, like, why didn't you hide behind the box? Right. Mm. There's a handy little long box in the middle of the map. That's <laughs> to be fair, it's a giant dune worm. I was trying to get on its back to ride, okay? Guys, <laughs> See, this is the problem when you have an immortality and you can be res as many times as you want. You do stupid things like that and don't try to finish him. <laughs> oh, man. But do we want to talk about how it's very Siva-esque? Yeah, and I also I just just wanted to kind of go back real quick too cuz it is an actual spear. Like it's not yes. just it's, it's not just yeah, well, yeah, correct, fair fair. Um because they um you know, that was kind of the whole thing with the the whole raid secrets guys finding the javelin or the the Valk they found an actual Valkyrie model. It's so cool. It's amazing. Uh and if you guys are are curious about what it looks like uh just go over to i think it's raid secrets but the guy that basically the the community decided could that had it he actually has like a shrine of all the destiny stuff that he has and it's a it's a really well done uh display case basically but the valkyrie is is in, is 
you know, featured prominently there. And it's a really, it's a really detailed and very intricate looking, um, Mm -hmm piece of tech like in and it's very rasputin i guess is the word for it i don't really know what you would really call that um it's very prominent very similar to the achilleos and the sleeper simulant um it's War got the mind. the uh the it's like hex it's is it hexagons is that what the word that i'm searching for is anyways but it's got it's got the little squares and the and little the 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 imagery of rasputin basically um, but yeah, so, and like, if you pick it up in game, you actually pick it up and it does seem like there are the best term. It would be the Siva mites seems like are what are swarming around it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, you have the whole Mjolnir ability where it returns to your I, hand. Can I time, time out real quick and let's explain the raid secrets guys, the event. Oh yes. Sorry. Yes. Maybe not everybody knows about that. Um, in game in the inner sanctum of Rasputin, right after you go in the door, if you turn left, there is a really interesting pictograph. Well, Raid Secrets guys, the guys who were digging into Vault of Glass for years and years and years, got a hold of it and decoded it, and it led to a a real life physical place at Sleeping Beauty Lake. It was off this little hiking trail. And the once you got off the hiking trail, you went 200, I think it was 200 yards or 200 feet off the hiking trail at these exact coordinates that you got from breaking this puzzle. And at that place was a cache, like a geocache. It was and a the, it was a geocache from Vicarious Visions. Like, oh, yes. my gosh. And the first person that got there got the Valkyrie, which the guys who videotaped it, um, there were three guys who videotaped their journey out there. They ended up getting their second. The guy who got there beforehand had shown, like, they showed him his Valkyrie and everything. But the guys who got there second, and there's a few more. I'm sure they're probably gone by now with knowing how many people wanted to go grab those. But they had uh, commemorative coins. Mm-hmm. I think that they uh, it. I think there I want to say that they did get, they got some of the ones that got out there, I think, got some to send to the other members of Raid Secrets that weren't there i want to i I, that's cool because i know i know there was a big thing about they i'm or they got something for everyone who helped work but which is you know not unique it's not a unique event in destiny's community thankfully it's one of the Mm -hmm. things i love about this community but But the other the other trivia fact there is that sleeping beauty's name is aurora yes right and sleeping beauty is a ballet by tchaikovsky Yes, it is also the rename for Sleeper Simulant's main perk at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the mm-hmm. translation of German. I was about to say, wasn't it the German translation that that it yeah, happened it was, in? I forget what it is now. Dornschar or something. Yeah, it's along those lines. Super cool, though. That's yeah. probably my one of my favorite things that has come out of the Warmind expansion. Well, and you know, and on that, you know, it's not over, right? Right. There's another. There's, there's another. Still... There's there's another code on the Valkyrie that we don't. Is we don't know. Really? Yeah. So um, they got they got the Valkyrie. Did they figure? Did they figure it out? They did. Okay. Um. What did it? Oh, so it was a cross. There were, I think it was three Valkyries or something like that that they ended up handing out worldwide, and it was a cross hash, uh, 
code that actually defined itself, but there were, with the three of them, you had to line them up and everything. Uh, after you deciphered it, it legitimately, I'm not making this up, it legitimately translated to two tokens and a blue. Oh, right, I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing. So, yeah, troll. so it was troll. the trolliest, like, international... <laughs> combination i think i've ever heard in my life but it was amazing it was wonderful so many people were like really pissed off about it meanwhile i'm sitting back going oh my god that is hysterical it's brilliant it's brilliant for Bungie you, to be like you well, literally cause... go to these geocaches and technically it's a public event so you got to get two tokens and a blue out of it you know so good because so the bungees didn't have anything on it, right? It was just this. Mm. It was just these others. Okay. Oh my god. Yeah. That is yeah, amazing. We, we didn't see anything that was like actually on the um, the the box or the geocache itself, rather. But yeah. Oh my god! That that just made my. It's week. so. It's so good. It's just so good. It's so. Oh. So the Siva, the Siva mites. After that little tangent, <laughs> oh god, oh, it's just you just have to smile and I, go I, bravo. Yeah, bravo. I mean, that's, yep. that's one of those. That's one of those things where it's like they saw an opportunity and man, did they take it. I'm so uh-huh. glad they did. If they would have done anything else, I mean, yeah, if they would have continued like a, this little scavenger hunt, that would have been, been cool. Yeah. But, that's but the best to way to end, end it, it with two tokens in the blue. <laughs> Freaking priceless. Yes. So good. So, okay. The Valkyrie and game has like the Siva might might like things around it. Do we have I didn't see anything that I after digging into Warmind a little bit. I did not see anything that would kind of give the flavor of Siva per se. We had the web lore where Zavala locks up the stuff about Siva, but did we really get anything about Siva itself? Like in, in Warmind? I, I in Warmind itself? No. Anything yet? No. I mean, other than, you know, the grimoire of. Uh, I am always getting the color wrong on this one. Is it Exodus Red? That has Which the frame. One? That has the frame with the mites in it. Uh, that one we're not sure if um, it was, it has a or what color it is. We actually. we didn't have a distant. Okay, but like we're, we're, I I continue to say that it's black, but that's supposition. Oh right, point. okay, that's the okay. But like I mean, there, I mean the only thing that to me. We did not get anything specific. No, it. it I mean, no. it is admittedly a head cannon at this point that Definitely. Siva is associated with this. But I mean, like, I think we was it after show last week that we talked about how like Siva would explain quite a bit of this entire like where these um, drop points come from, how they get mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, we did. We were. We were digging into that quite hard, actually. I was uh, surprised how much we wanted to dig into that. Well, I mean, there's also stuff back in D1 that yep. refers to things on Mars, specifically mm-hmm. the Titan card, Ghost, Rag- right. Ghost Fragment Titan, where you meet Holborn, 
Old Lord's <laughs> host for the first time. Right. And they're talking to this little ghost that's going by buzzing with a corruption. It, I don't think, do they use the word corruption in that card? I know they, they... Said it reminded them of the ones that came back from um, back in the Plague Lands. Yeah, they're, uh, they're talking yeah. about it, but they haven't, they didn't really, uh, they said that it was coming back from Jaggy's host, but yes. we didn't really get confirmation on like where Jaggy was uh, coming back from, if you will. Right. Yeah, and I but don't know, did had... they did they specifically, I mean, I know, oh yeah, because he said like it reminded him of the seven ghosts mm-hmm. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't anything that confirmed like what was happening with them, at least to my knowledge. I haven't He's just buzzing. We haven't seen much about Jaggy or Holborn. We'll we'll put it that way, at least uh, just yet. Holborn, the but the tidbits that we've seen about Holborn. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I, I want to shake that man's hand. He I can know. put he can the put an EMT frickin- EMP bomb together in five minutes over a radio. Like, yep. <laughs> was gonna say that. I read that card just the other day. That's, I was like, "Oh my god!" The best part is the pilot still. He, the pilot yeah, still has no idea how he did it. He's yeah, like, really. "I don't even know what we did, but it was an yep. EMP." Uh, <laughs> the the other thing is is like we also see uh, uh, it's not is it obsidian? No, Ghost four hundred four. The card with Ghost four hundred four. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Ghost Fragment Ghost 2. It was Obsidian, and why can I not remember the other ghost name? But they ran into um, what we we lovingly refer to as Ghost 404. Who was it? Yeah, he... I don't remember if it was on Mars or not. I know no, I don't, it wasn't. I don't was. think it was. It might have been. I can't remember if it was on Mars, but it was like, it was... It was a ghost that had been trapped on Mars. Like, I know that. Because it was like, yeah, I got trapped in the... And it was like, oh my god, it's one of the best cards. It's a very long card, but it's very, very entertaining. Um, Yes. So, I mean, we uh, we have seen... Doing the self-diagnostic. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to need to run two of those. (laughs) (laughs) So, that being said, just to point out, was the Titan the Ghost Fragment Titan card came out in Dark Below? No, nah, Ghost Fragment Titan came out in Vanilla. Was it yeah. Vanilla? Yeah, yeah. So because that was that was when we that was when we first learned about the Dust Palace. Well, one of the first sisters. Yeah, something's been on Mars. Because mm-hmm, that was that was all the of dust, that since like, that was the like Dust Palace with that, uh, Charlemagne. That was where a lot of the the drama with Charlemagne kind of outside of game that's where that kind of started because that was where you had the scions trying to crack into the dust palace to get a hold of whatever which you know it turns out that it was a sub mine um or well a portion of rasputin but Mm -hmm. um that was where Cade made the comment of like well if rasputin's protecting it we need to make sure it doesn't fall into the scion and this is also where you 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 actually see the first iteration of scions trying to get at rasputin we've seen that Which, from we've seen that from the very start of destiny right. can we talk about the adventure where we take out <laughs> the, the scions giant, that the are giant key? scion oh no Is the it, adventure no no, no, no. no yeah there's the adventure where where the yeah. scions are taking the rasputin tech that are yeah. trying to get a hold of the lance essentially 
in order to go from regular scion into flare uh, flares the flares yeah that the i like the ascendant thing this goes back to the guy who tweeted at us being able to transcend using the tech that's really scary like if that tech can help a scion transcend into a flare which means that somehow they got a hold of that same tech in the dust palace what well, else can uh well I, I would tech? well i would art so i i would argue slightly here um the flares that we saw in destiny one were actually part of a a group called the ice reavers which they were the only three that we saw in destiny one however the ice reavers were described and i believe this was from a prima guide um so you know you could probably argue maybe that this isn't necessarily 100 percent canon though i i I would argue that it kind of is um but the their way out there well, the Ice Reavers are basically uh, were described as basically like specialist assassin protectors. So, like they were specialists um, that were kind. It was kind of a, like kind of presented that they were a, a group similar to the other detachments. So you had like the uh, what is it? The Dust Giants, the uh, Broken Legion. You know the like, I'm blanking on all of the different detachments right. but but you had all those different detachments and each was sky burners and all those but each one of those detachments in if within the cabal army each one of those detachments had a special focus so like you know the sky burners were their aerial the uh the dust giant i think it was the dust giants were like the footmen you know each one of these things had a very specific uh uh, mission parameters that they were going for. Skyburners were also kind of the leaders. That was where your Primus uh, for the detachment in the Soul System, uh, which was Primus to Ark, I believe. Wasn't that? Wasn't the one that the? That got taken. Yeah, he he was basically the major. He was the major Primus in for the Cabal in our system. Um, he was a Skyburner, uh, and mm-hmm. Skyburners were the ones that had the toothbrush on their heads, the Mohawk that was very Saint Fourteenish. Um, but the the Ice Reavers were actually. Uh, a specialist that had been a detachment of ice reavers had been assigned to the skyburners they were associated as a proxy piece of the skyburner detachment and those flares the three flares that were one of each uh element at the time uh which was one of the best cloaks that you could get as a hunter yes they were um, so good oh they were so nice they were so they were like the srl before we got the With SRL Louis ones. Cloak. Oh, it was so nice. But um those three individuals were flares from within the Ice Reavers. They were not they did not they were flare basically they were flares before they got to Mars. So, so it's it's something the, it's something again just, that oh go for it, go for it. Well that I mean it's just a very tenuous question. Um Ice Reaver itself like a mm-hmm. reaver i'm mm-hmm. thinking back to firefly being kind of a zombie-esque <laughs> type character which leads me to the hive which also puts me back into ice which leads me back to where we're at in Warmind. well i'll have that. i'll have even a, a weirder connection for you because here's here's a fun little tenuous connection between that and the current clovis bray environment is we have a a reference from Callus to the OXA machine that has an mm-hmm. MS, M Sundarush 12 or M Sunda 12 mm-hmm. file. And who invented the OX OA machine? The Scions the did. Scion. The Freethinker did. And According to the well, Callus book. 
Right. Well, but I mean, which, right. And I mean, we, we could, you could, yeah, that's, that's true. We, as far as we know, the scions are responsible for the, uh, the OA machine and, or the Oaks, OXA machine. Um, but we do know that the scions, especially the free thinker was a very, very powerful psionic, which is kind of, it's assumed that's kind of where the name comes from. But it was assumed mm-hmm. that they were very powerful psionically, and that's where the OXA machine comes from. Well, you are you now have a tenuous connection between the OXA machine and Clovis Bray, and now you have Flare or uh, Scions trying to run into a war mind to become Flares, which is a, a form of ascension. So you know it, it starts begging the question. In beard, I think you'll you'll appreciate this one. Starts begging the question of again the lost in space connection. Did we actually mm. invent this technology, or did we find it? <laughs> right. He's so happy for that. Mm, like uh, well, I mean, it's and it's a huge, it's a huge again lost in space. The new lost in space. It's a huge thing. Like it's it's a huge component of like explaining kind of what's going on. And it's a very again, it's a very popular scientific trope. A science fiction trope is humanity finds this alien technology and actually incorporates it into it. I mean, you see it, pick, pick your science fiction movie and there's probably going to be an right. element of it. Independence day right. for God's sakes. You know, that's like the huge thing of independence day. Um, and so like, it's, it's not too far fetched, you know, maybe that's where we get these sudden big leaps in Clovis Bray and, you know, going back again to, you know, beard and eyes conversation about the hive being on underneath this Bray facility like was it there before like is that the reason why the brave facility is there you know it starts begging these questions of exactly where do where is the origin point of some of these technologies and if that if there is a excuse me if there is a connection between the oxa machine and the war mines that would explain why the scions are so fascinated and so um drawn to rasputin and and the seraph technology you know, because mm-hmm. because if it if it ties into what they use to become flares and, you know, we know from what we saw in Destiny uh, from the assumptions of those connections and we haven't been told otherwise, they were flares before they got to the Dust Palace. Well, that that kind of implies, OK, well, they don't necessarily need, well, you know, need the okay. war mine component there. Do you remember the that the end of that mission or the that strike? I think it was a strike. The Dust the, Palace one, right? So mm-hmm. the flares when they're showing up, they're transforming in like a very Goku esque style. Yeah, well, because they're yeah, because they're like super super powerful flares, and you have the one of each element. Right. So they're like they're powering up in these like Dragon Ball Z style. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Like they they had. Um, uh, are you talking about like the 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 points that they right. had to stand in? Yeah, 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 right. yeah. So there's that imagery in D one and that adventure I was talking about, which I cannot for the life of me for the name, but um, where we're taking on the flares again. They're standing on the point of the Valkyrie, oh. and the look is not the same. But it's the pretty look. similar. It's they don't they don't go into that white, like, right? But they're also second. they're also not going in for a specific um, a specific element either. 
You know, I never I, let them live long enough to tell. So that's sorry. that's fair. That's fair. But I mean, like, I mean, I don't, I don't see like that was a huge part of the Dust Palace strike was there was mm-hmm. you know one for Arc, one for Solar, and one for Void. But right. for this particular adventure, there's only the one point of power. Mm-hmm. So that might be another because I yeah I never even I did not put those two together. But yeah, that's an interesting component there as well. Yeah, but I agree with you. They don't usually even get to touch the the god circle. Yeah, and they die a lot faster than the first mm-hmm. ones. Too. They do. They I don't do. Have to use a sword anymore. Oh my god, those flares were the bane of my existence. Black Flag makes a good point. It was one point that they had to go to, but there's three waves of the Scion. Right. Yeah. I guess my. I guess <laughs> now I kind of want to go back and let one of them actually make it. Yeah, but I um, the other adventure that pertains to this a little bit. Yeah, where we piss off Zavala. Oh, (laughs) again, the Hephaestus adventure. Well, okay. Besides the fact that Mister Grumpy Face showed up inside of Rasputin, yeah, I still have problems with that in Mister Nineteen Eighty Four. But anyways, I don't think. See, like I didn't take him. I mean, like he's a annoyed but i didn't take him as being like super pissed about us because he he kind of was he was more annoyed at anna because anna kind of anna pulled a a cade which you know i kind of understand her perspective personally responsible i don't know i mean why wouldn't zavala get mad at us for basically disobeying like, we didn't directly disobey him because we destroyed the points that he asked us to destroy. <laughs> I just love that. Then, I was like, they're like, we're not telling you not to destroy it. We're just telling you, could you maybe make a copy before you destroy it, please? Right. <laughs> and we have to go into the, that, oh, what is the terminal I, area? What is yeah, that area called? Uh, the, uh, it's not the, it's, dyna- the, it's not the dynamo, but it's, um. Yeah, it's in that area, though. It's Alton, Alton, Alton Dynamo, Dino, Dino, yeah. di- something. In that area, the dinosaur area. The dinosaur area, which is exactly what I was just thinking. I was like, now I'm thinking dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Where there's all those, are they CPUs? What are they? Uh, Those are, those are like processing towers. Like those are, I don't think they, I wouldn't call them necessarily CPUs. I mean, they're like, um, uh, server stacks is what I would. There we go. Servers. Which reminds me of the server farm back in rise of iron you, yeah you and then there's no i didn't but um there was the there was that one and then there was also the server farm on titan oh right that you that you are in a giant freaking computer which was really cool yeah. right anyway so you have to take those two different pieces which they have two halves of it and then you have to combine them on this terminal and fight off a bunch of hive while you're combining them. and then you have another copy and Anna's happy and Zavala's kind of miffed <laughs> like he usually is well anymore yeah poor I mean, guy everything that he's held dear is being ripped from his hands like his precious city and his order and it's kind of diving into like a little bit of craziness at this point mm-hmm. tearing everything down that's okay Wait. i like breaking things 
Void Warlock. <laughs> what we do? What do you think, Blue? Is there anything else you want to kind of dive into with the Seraph tech? No, I mean, like, I think... Those were my big notes. Yeah, I mean, and unfortunately, I, we we don't have a lot to to go by right now. That should right, be kind that's of the, the big statement. Like, we're, I mean, we we're have working... a lot of a lot of breadcrumbs, but oh. yeah, oh, I gotta I, say, we're we we still have plenty of stuff that we can reference. Thankfully, like we have been here this whole time. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's breadcrumby. It's very Hansel and Gretel for sure. Can Lloyd, you have green? I'm sorry. Yeah, do we want to talk about one of the creators of those? We want to talk about as as far as being the Hephaestus, somebody who is messing with the Hephaestus item oh. nodes, oh. and figured out how to make a lock with those. Which now we know what the the little targets were put the, out the for. data the data points, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which those that's super cool that they made it an actual lore thing rather than just. Here it is. A collectible. Yeah, like I like how they yeah, actually really. made a comment about like the invention of those. Like this yeah. this wasn't what they were intended for, but she fa- uh was it El- was it Elsie that did Elsie. that? Yep. Uh, she, was mm-hmm. she was like, Oh yeah, these would be really cool little like basically geocaches that you can yep. <laughs> Yeah, she finds out in Lost Memory Fat Fragment uh the twenty five days until divergence. Uh-huh. Lost memory fragment. She talks about how she could basically reprogram them to be a lock. Right. Which, uh, fun, fun thought or fun thing. The sword, what is it? Worldline. Worldline Zero. Worldline Zero is locked in that first locker. And then we get the sparrow in the second locker. Yes. Yeah. And then you have the three days until Divergence where she actually talks about putting it in there, like before. She wants to take the weapon I've created, and so she stores the sword in the the locker and takes off. Why she can't take a sword off worlds beyond me, but you know. I don't know. I think she just well, didn't want her to catch you're up assuming, with her. Well, you're yeah. assuming that her journey was off world. Well, she said that she couldn't take it off world. Oh, okay. I haven't, it was. I didn't it was. Too remember big. that part? Yeah, I. Because the only I, uh, other thought there was like if she was actually if that was her transformation too. Right. Yeah, I'm going to say if there was something else that kind of got tied back to it. I think I it's know, because I... I I have the reason. I have it. I have it in my head. Remember okay. how the, the node that's not unlocked when you first get it? Yeah. That you have to do the um, the protocol that I can never remember the first... Escalation protocol? Escalation. I will never remember escalation. That's <laughs> fine. That's that why I'm here to fill in the... Fill in to the... unlock it? Yeah. She said it wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. The weapon wasn't ready to take off world. Oh. Okay. She says, that makes a bit uh, more sense. She wants to take the weapon I've created, and at this point, it's impossible to take off world. It's way too dangerous to fall in the wrong hands. I think the reason why is because it wasn't ready to go off world, because it wasn't completely finished, and we're finishing it now. By taking it out of a locker? By taking no, it out by of a unlocking locker and it through charging the, it. Charging it with the escalation protocol. Okay, that's fair. Which kind of falls back, I guess, on the cores that she was using, too, with the the Vex tech and everything. 
mm-hmm. which just leads down a completely different rabbit hole of why we need to charge it through using hive hive bodies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of Gee, sword logic coming you know, into play. You know, maybe it's a reason that Clovis Bray and Ishtar Academy <laughs> didn't like to work together because they were using alternative Xenotech. Oh, gee, who'd have guessed? <laughs> I, I, or know, maybe, I know who or guessed. Maybe the... I know who guessed. I know. I know the answer. <laughs> I know Look the answer. <laughs> maybe the Xenotech didn't like each other. Maybe it wasn't anything to do with the people using it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, Might have been something use, like, you know, scraping use. into different portals and everything, you know. Might have, might have been something like that. Alien versus Predator. Dear God. <laughs> I swear to God, if there's a oh, mission wow. where we go we go underneath Antarctica and there's a giant pyramid, I'm out. I'm out so fast. Just no. Nope. say we've seen. No, nope. I know the. I know how We're this ends. I'm done. <laughs> I know exactly where this is going. Do not need a face hugger. I do not want to pass go. No, thank you. Oh man. But well, I think I'm a little bit tapped on this topic. Yeah, I think I think you know more. until we get some more fry files. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I or Stephen Fry all the way. I am so I, happy. I'm gonna say I unfortunately uh, have not had enough that I could really add to it at all. But I don't know. Meh. Well, and I know um, Green. I know you had a couple of uh, big shoutouts that you had. Do we want to jump into final thoughts and shoutouts real quick? Yeah. Let's do it. So I'll let I'll let Green I'll let you lead the charge on that. Okay, so my shoutouts this week actually go to Pirate Danny, Wilbsarama, and D, uh, Doctor Jazzy Bebop, which I love his name by the way, uh, and her. the rest of Ishtar Collective. These guys have I put out a call the other day because I was putting show notes together for this and pulling all my information together, and they didn't exactly have everything out on the website yet. But um, luckily, Purple Chimera, who's been on the show quite a few times now, pointed me to go to their forums because Purple works with Ishtar primarily. And she said, go look through the forums, see if they've submitted them. And then you can get a it's not a finalized copy, but you can get the transcripts. And Pirate Danny, Will and Jazzy have all done a phenomenal job of getting Pretty much everything that we talked about tonight was pulled from the forums for Ishtar Collective. So if you've never been to the forums, go check it out. It's amazing. Like, I love Ishtar Collective as a website as a whole. But the forums, if you can't find something on the site, go to the forums because it's probably there. Or it's in the process of being there. They've done a great, great job. And I know that they have a Patreon. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to just kind of do it a slight push to support them if we can if anybody if you dive into lore at all if you use ishtar at all if and you have like a little bit that you can give even even a dollar like even a dollar they they, i mean they host that entire that that entire site is driven entirely from uh 
uh, I want to say it's Baxter Norman, and I know Uni helps with mm-hmm. like the data the data management piece of it. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure Baxter and Norm are the ones that design that site from pretty much the ground up. Like it's a completely they're they're completely hosting it, running it, debugging all of that stuff. It's all on them. So Which any means any it's of the support not Bungie sanctioned. Or there's like that a- there's that, but it also means that like like if you uh if you run a website through like WordPress or, you know, Squarespace or whatever, you have uh a helpline that basically if there's a bug somewhere, you can you can kinda, you know, submit a ticket to them and they'll they'll fix it. They they I'm I'm pretty sure are self hosted. So mm-hmm. there's no one that they turn to. So if something goes on on I on Ishtar it's basically Baxter and Norm uh, that are trying to figure out. So I mean, like, and that's and that's a coming from some coming from my perspective of, you know, kind of a tech help tech help desk type thing. That's that's a big task. Like that's a huge task, and they they're doing it, you know, just for free. And if you also just if the you've info ever gathering. yeah, that's what I was just about to say. If you've ever used Ishtar understand that that's a hundred percent free site and it's just it's an immensely useful resource yes i use it all the damn times so do i i i I could be looking for something totally scrupulous to to what i might be thinking of and all of a sudden i find it and i'm like oh no this actually has a lot to do with what i was talking about and i would have never thought to look here if it was not for having a database to look it up Mm mm-hmm so it helps a ton. Commons, yes, so. Commons is their archive or their uh, forums. The forums. Yeah, yeah, the forum yeah. spot. And the other, the other one I would like to shout out is actually something that uh, Focus Fire Chat is participating in, mm-hmm. and I'm scared. Um, <laughs> it's the, because I have to play on PS4 to make this work. Uh, which, if you know me, I have a character on PS4. She's finally at 343. She has no matching armor. She looks terrible. This is a big thing for a hunter, okay? The fact that she has no matching she armor. Looks terrible. But she's functional. And I'm getting I have yet I'm gonna I need to find some wood. I have yet to have a iron banner match where I drop below one KD. Most of mine are two or above at this point. So I'm like, okay. Either PS4 people or I'm either in a really easy pool since I'm new. Or PS4 people need to step up their game because I <laughs> need a wreck right now. Anyway, the the thing that's coming up is the, the right death. on both fronts, really. Right, yeah. right on both fronts. Yeah, I don't play on there very much, so yeah, I'll, um, uh, I'll be honest on that one. Being a PS4 gamer primarily, it's right on right on both fronts there. Oh man, it makes me feel pretty good about this tournament coming up. Speaking I mean, of which, we're doing a Destiny Pod Clash. And it's a PvP tournament just for fun of Destiny-related podcasters. We promise we're not stealing the idea from Bungie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I told. I told. Yeah, they're. Uh, they they started something. They started. The they other, started uh, it up again. The uh, oh god, yep. what, I just went blank on what it's called. Man, I'm not. Yeah, me too. Oh, uh, where the the bounties. The uh, not the. No, this it's not the bounties. The... It's where they they challenge one on one. They did it with DCP, yep. and they're uh, doing yeah, it yeah, with yeah, uh, Vicarious Vision next, yep. which is going to be hilarious to watch. Hilarious. But this is just podcasters. It's fine. Destiny Pod right. Clash. 
Right. No, it's. It, I told. I, mean, I look, told. It still works. I told them I wouldn't be able to necessarily maybe hit the broadside of the barn, but I could tell them about the map that they're playing on. You could. You could tell them about the broadside of the barn. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can explain the barn okay. and the significance and the history can of you, it. Have you played on the new maps? Because they're all new maps that we're playing on. Oh, are they? I know. I yeah. know. Well, I don't have PlayStation, so I got really confused because I jumped into Iron Banner the other day, and uh, Pacifica. That map is confusing. I have no idea yes. what's going on, where it's going. I'm like, thank God for control waypoints because I was like, I'm going to just hang out at B. And if I ever yeah. spawn, I'm like, I'm just going to go down this tunnel. Nope. Wrong tunnel. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to that I tunnel. Guess... Nope. Okay. Yep. Here's B. I'm going to stay here. Maybe not that tunnel. Maybe not that tunnel. I started, I literally, I started down one tunnel and I ended up back at A. I was really confused. Yeah. Like, this is like driving through Waco. Like, where yep. am I yeah. going? Yep. Oh, God. No, um, there's like three maps that we're playing on. Two of them, I guess, are older maps. One's Distant Shore, the other one's Burnout. And then the new one, Javelin 4, is the new map that we're playing on. And three rounds. There's a lot of big name podcast on here, which kind of scares me because it's going to be me and pens and a few other guys from chat who are going to, they promised they would backpack me a little bit. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, and they have, they have the roster up, right? They have it over on grenades and horseshoes. I have it pulled up right now. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So like, Crucible Radio is the one that I'm looking at right now going, I'm like, if I have to play against those guys, I'm just I'm just going to just sit down like I do at the end of a match that's going terribly and just, or like clap every time I see one of them coming towards me because it's like, oh god. You just, you're just going to get Voop. Voop. Yeah. Grenades and Horseshoes are the ones that are putting it on and they're doing a phenomenal job. They actually, I got to see the t-shirt design for it nice that's coming out it's so cool it's so so cool but yeah uh that's coming up june 9th and 10th and it's going to start around 12 p.m pacific standard time on both days so i'm excited for it i'm terrified at the same time it's going to be hilarious and fun and i know we're streaming it I believe that I'm going to be streaming it on the FFC account and just doing a multi-link with everybody so you can link in and watch everyone. Nice. So what you're telling me is I need to start practicing more on the PS4 again and get back into my old Crucible fashion that you I've know, if you been want to lost join me, on. I mean, I, would... I haven't been able to really Crucible all that much for the simple fact that I kind of make content. I know, I know, <laughs> which is why I didn't bug you. Yeah, the rules I was just, say at least one host. If you, I'm, more. At, I'm attempting to play more often. Like I'm trying to like log in at least per day so I can get my daily thing done yeah. for like world and everything, for just sure. to make sure that I'm like progressing somewhere. But mm-hmm. I, no, it doesn't happen. <laughs> it really we doesn't. We should play together. No, I think I... it would. It would help. It would definitely help. Blue got a PS4. Thanks. <laughs> I know. What time what time would you actually have to play it? You're worse than all of us. What is about your shout-outs, Beard? My shout-outs uh, go to my freakish community for always being crazy and always for being, like, more open-minded than I am about crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Because the ideas that you come up with are, frankly, ridiculous. And the fact that I can use some of them and actually tie them back into legit lore is also ridiculous. 
Uh, I don't know what that says for us and our brains. I don't know what that says for Bungie, but um, it works. But that being said, thank you guys for always presenting different ideas uh, for kind of jumping back with me on Twitter or YouTube comments or anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's valued because I am able to actually like communicate with you guys, which I'm I'm getting less and less time to do so. Uh, so the times that I do is awesome. Uh, secondary shout out goes to the fact that Iron Banner is kicking my butt. Um, now the the biggest thing is just the the way that Iron Banner has been playing uh, this week. Bungie has uh, I feel like it's been really good. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun with it again. Uh, and again, if you're not playing six for six Iron Banner, I really would recommend that you get in there to just try it, it out a little bit. Just to try it a little bit. It's so it good. Is, it is so fun. It I got miss me, it got me back so in. much. It got yeah. me back in. Someone nearly lost their brain, their mind when I mentioned that on Twitter. They're like, wait, 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 wait. You're playing Crucible? Yeah, I know. Like, I'm like, like oh, yeah. enjoying it? Yeah, I'm like, you're I'm losing your so mind? Like, I'm like, I'm just, like, yeah. I will put in the addendum, of course, that like Graviton Lance and... Uh, Vigilance Wing. Vigilance Wing Jeez. is all over the place right yes, now, but it is both uh, both guns are passable to one point or another on a few different players. Uh, but regardless, I do think that it's a lot of fun. Uh, well, and I've noticed even like with when the the rounds that I've run, even if they have a, like I haven't run into teams of like solid vigilance or graviton it's mixed but yeah it's 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 usually a really good mix and it's it's one of those things where it's like yeah they are noticeably you know more powerful but if you know the map and you can get the drop on them you can actually still you still have a fair shot of of taking out someone even if they have the other one crimson's showing up a lot i haven't had too many crimson Crimson i haven't had i've had i think i've had one crimson yeah Crimson for other reasons, especially when starting to use like the catalyst and everything like that. But Mm -hmm. it's it's obvious that there is a meta right now. The meta has uh, has actually been, I would argue, established at this point. Right. Uh, Because previously it really we really didn't have a meta that was there. But pulse rifles are strong if you're a pulse rifle uh, user. Hand cannons are strong if you like hand cannons. Uh, They still I think the the one weapon that I saw that's a little eh right now is. Pulse rifles, or not pulse rifles, uh, scout rifles. Yeah, and so they really nerfed Mida and everybody else in the scout rifle category. Yeah, which arguably they never said they were going to because of the lore tab. Um, but that being said, they really did. Uh, I, I feel like it's it's different from where it was before. And it's part of the stuff that we've been screaming for here for a little while. Uh, so at least I think it's a step in the right direction. Um, I, yeah, I'm grateful for it because I have yeah. knew... I've talked about this a few times on show. I yep. run Mida sidearm. Like that's what I ran all the way through D1 once we got sidearms and mm-hmm. most of the D2 so far. Yep. And then since the the go fast update and this newest update with the the Warmind Graviton Pants, I haven't picked up a scout or a sidearm. Yeah. Cuz I'm actually having fun playing with other weapons. Right. Well, I'm going to say where Mida was like the only quote unquote feasible weapon to some, uh, we now have this additional leveling that exists that, quite frankly, allows the game to stand on a different uh, position. So I am I am happy for it. I'm happy for the changes. And like anything, games will make these changes when the meta starts to feel a little stale. So for me, 
this is uh, this is feeling right, but I know it's not going to be for everybody. It, it's it's certainly not going to please the competitive lot. We'll put it that way because nothing pleases them anymore. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> I've seen positive messages coming from that side too. Granted, there they're they're a little saltier than some of the contingencies, but oh, sure. that's the competitive nature in them. I, I yes. I gotta say, that's them going, I'm so tired of getting killed by this weapon because I have only seen this weapon. Like Mm, Colony? Like Colony could, we tried to ban Colony from the PvP turn. I tried to, okay, I tried to ban Colony from the PvP tournament. (laughs) Everybody didn't go for it. I'm like, gosh dang it, that gun doesn't, you don't have to aim. (laughs) If you don't have to aim, is it a gun? I'm gonna say it's, it's better it's better now than it was because yeah, they did I cut agree. down on that for sure. I agree. But, it's uh, not nearly yeah. as bad. I still hate it. I still hate getting killed by it. Right. I will probably rage on stream if somebody is running <laughs> Colony. So come and watch that if you want to see me curse. Because it's going to happen. But, but yeah, those are largely mine. Uh, right now I don't have a lot of shoutouts because I am uh, I'm pretty well focused on not sweltering to death. Uh, like I said at the top of the show. Uh, so my time is like kind of minimal that way, but I've got, I have a lot of things in the works. Otherwise I'm excited to think how to get back to you guys with some of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I am most definitely excited to, uh, to sit and chat with you guys about most of it too. Uh, and to kind of maybe, maybe show a, a stream here and there. Maybe, maybe get back into that. Maybe Yeah. You know, we'll see. I'll do it with you. Yeah, I'm going to say it'd be great if we could do it just for like a, a couple hours, especially on the times that I'm like, I'm just so hot. That's it. My brain's <laughs> mush. I don't know what my brain even is anymore. But you get what I mean. Anyway, uh, that is that is it for me. I will, awesome. I will, I will shut up. Uh, just real quick reminder that the next week's topic is going to be a recap on Halo for the Extra Lore week. Um, and the question there is that we are curious on your thoughts on if Halsey is a good or bad person and why. So, you know, have mm. have at it and uh, mm. burn all the things down. Um, other than that, big shout out to... Uh, worthy d uh for the patronage over on podbean we really appreciate that and that's pretty much all i have myself um we were going to run through a bit of an outro and then probably we'll say for a few few minutes at least for an after show as is customary with that we'll begin to wrap the chat up thank you again to those over on twitch for coming to spend your evening with us if you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash chat links to our episode archives can be found at www.focusfirechat.com please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments or questions for our team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on itunes as well Also, be sure to check out all of our amazing partner podcasts within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.